Welcome, welcome to another... The official podcast of The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go. You're wasting time. Welcome to Pottercast, your number one source for news, theories, discussion and interviews with people from the Potter books and films. I know a small amount myself having written the books. My name is J.K. Rowling. I am now happy to introduce your hosts, Melissa, John and Sue. Hope you're not late. <laughs> it's Pottercast 148. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Pottercast. Okay. How's everybody doing? <laughs> Spectacular. It's an interesting week. We got, um, I'm Melissa again. I'm here with John, Sue, and Frack, and we're going to have a little guest here in a while. Frack? And we have a talk about this week's uh, trial that was in New York. With, with, a sp- the- with a special guest, Mr. Hammer! Mr. Hammer, stop! stop. Mr. Hammer? <laughs> what? We will explain that joke in a minute. We will explain this in detail in a minute. We're going to okay. need that explanation. Can we call Mr. Hammer? Because John is incorrigible and should not ever be in a courtroom Uh-oh. ever again. <laughs> So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yes, Melissa and I and our special guest this week sat for every day of the, of the trial. Which amounted to about 24 hours of testimony. Yes. Which and is I, enough to kill you. I only left the courtroom once to get a sandwich because I was bored. <laughs> yeah, get a sandwich. I would have been there drawing them. <laughs> uh, we wanted you there drawing so we bad. Did. Oh, well, we'll get to that, too. Okay, uh, but first, let's do our AudibleKids.com. This podcast is brought to you by AudibleKids.com the Internet's leading source for children's audiobooks. Get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Log on to audiblekids.com slash pottercast for more details. Okay, what's happening What's happening besides the obvious in the world of the Harry Potter news this week? Um, there was a little bit of film news. We heard from actor Jim Broadbent, who plays Professor Horse Slughorn. And get this, he says... He has not read the books. <gasps> oh, well, no. I know. But, I mean, okay, let's clarify. He said he's read the first one, and now he's read the sixth book. But he is, quote, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. At least he's read, you know, about his character. Oh, his character. Is, yeah. yeah. His character doesn't even appear before book six. Know, so, so. Right. so I'm okay with that. He's he, fine. You know, he's, and he he's can read it because he can, can, can. Because he can, can, can! He can, can, can! <laughs> oh, I forgot <laughs> I mean, it's not like he, he. It's not like he was a major character that replaced another actor who's already done his part for two years and had watched the movies or read no. the book. Don't know what you're talking about. I'm, I'm you know, certainly not Gambin. You know, I mean, I give him a lot of credit for for saying that he said I'm not a massive fan, but then he says it's not really part of my generation, which. You know, it's everybody's generation. It is. Yeah. Thank you, John. That's everybody's generation. Yeah, but and, you know, but I don't know if he realizes what he gets into when he opens when they say I haven't read the books. I mean, what kind of like people go ah? But at least he said he read the book that he's <laughs> in the movie, so that's he gets points for that. Well, I'd rather than be honest about it than lie. So yeah, that's true. Work it. That's really true. Um, when. I, Work it. I like him. I can't wait to see his I stuff. know. I can't either. I mean, I'm dying to see what he looked like. like his costumes, like you know, his little velvety things and. I don't know. No. Yeah. Keep taking it. Soft straw covered hair. <laughs> <laughs> what else um, is going on, Susie? We heard briefly, too, from actress Helen McCrory, who is filming her scenes as Narcissa Malfoy. And all she, yeah, all she did, but did, she's wearing couture. She's very hot couture. She said that um, her friend of hers is. Uh, was, she's a friend, and she helped design the costume. And so it's beautifully sculpted silhouette. 
I, yeah, you know, I don't cool. know. I never imagined her to be that fashionable, but I guess it makes sense. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think of the importance of the fashion for Narcissa, Frankie? Yeah. Whenever I hear Narcissa, I think of Heather's drawings so much because she draws Narcissa so much. So whenever I read the books, I imagine that that cartoon version of her. Fan artist, McKinney. McKinney. I can never say yeah. it right. Heather is yeah, she rocks. awesome. I hope she gets you, John, for that. Her <laughs> not saying her name. Beautiful. You should know. What? I, 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 I just, I'm not good at pronouncing names I'm not familiar with. I hate her because she draws so much better than me. But I love her at the same time because she's so awesome. You guys are both wonderful. Stop no, it. She, her, she's Stop amazing. It. Yes, she is. Um, I just have one more quick announcement. It's important. Um, you know that, as we reported last week, uh, Amazon.com is having that contest to go see uh, Beetle the Bard book in London. And yes, and you have to write a hundred word, you know, write your essay. So you haven't done it yet. It's due April 22nd. So that's be very soon after this comes out. So hurry, hurry, hurry. It's if you Tuesday. Oh, yes. Or, yes. Yeah. Or primary in, in yeah. Pennsylvania day. Yeah. Well, they accept, accept a limerick. Do you well, think? You know what, John, you might get, if it's a hundred, <laughs> hundred words word or limerick? less. I'm, I, I'm planning to submit my submission uh-huh. in the form of a limerick. <laughs> Is it? Well, my form you think I'll of win? a fuzzy dra- drawing of a fuzzy dog has been rejected and spat upon. Oh, they actually sent. Is that a bat- fuzzy dog? By the way, I think you're. This is a sec- I think you're misremembering. <laughs> I'm just being silly. It's a dog in a fuzzy yeah. hat. <laughs> what did I say? You said fuzzy dog. <laughs> a fuzzy dog. <laughs> That'd be pretty cute too. Oh wow, we're just gonna take that out of the show then because No we're not. No we're not. <laughs> no, that's no. funny. That's not how we do things here, oh, Mr. Frankie. This is my here. No, no, no. Oh, that's something I would say. Yeah, you, 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 you didn't get number. editing rights yet. <laughs> what? You're not up to editing rights. You're not up to editing editing rights yet. <laughs> <laughs> Seven shows. One in. can hope. Aw. Oh. 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 I don't like it. <laughs> Um, no, just one more quick say. We all say happy birthday, Emma Watson, who's now 18. Yay! Happy birthday. Yes. Uh-oh. Happy birthday. You know what that means, guys. <laughs> she can buy lottery tickets in the United States. Yep, yes, she can. I hope I, she needs some money. Oh, that's the other thing. All the tabloids are reporting that she, you know, her parents gave her access to her money. Case of the Kingdom? Is she going out buying fancy cars no, and dresses and things? No, I think that's why they did it, to show that she's not that, that, that girl. Yeah. So it's going to be fine. People uh, Yay for her. Let her spend her money, whatever. You know, I mean, if Rupert can buy an ice cream truck, she can go buy whatever, you know? You know? Yeah. Although I... Isn't Rupert like 19 now or something? Or 20? How old's Rupert? He's he's older, yeah. He's older now. He's the oldest of the trio. And then then is it Dan or is then is it Emma? Because Dan's 18, right? Dan and then Emma. Right. She just turned turned 18. Well, no, it's great. That's great. Let her have her. I mean, it's 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 funny. People get all all touchy about Emma, but but she she's basically imagine if you were her and you could be a teenager and have unlimited access to like clothes yeah. and oh. you know and, and your social life. Let her have fun with it. God, you're only a teenager she once. Earned it. So. It's true. But yeah, I mean, she's being smart and when she's good, but still, what do you mean? And then honestly, it balances out because the freedom she has financially, she lacks socially because her, you know, being who she is, like famous yeah. people don't have as easy as walking around, you know, they can't enjoy certain things that regular people can enjoy. No, they do not. So it's just, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a balance. Yeah. yeah. So what else happened this week, Melissa? Hmm. Oh, gee, <laughs> let me think. 
Um, for those who have been following, the case of uh, J.K. Rowling and Warner Brothers versus RDR Books went to trial this week in Manhattan Federal Court. Um, John and I and our friend Sam, who is coming John over was, here right now, is total coincidence because John has just graduated school and he was going to be up here this week anyway. And the, the trial just landed right in the middle of it. So he wanted to to go to it as well he didn't come up here to gawk at joe the way we were saying yeah um and people and you know what not many people did there were only a, like a, like a handful of of non-lawyer non-party people in the courtroom actually That's refreshing to hear um yeah a couple couple people i had no idea who they were yeah. um so i assume they were just fans i don't know well let's uh let's introduce our our guest of the segment uh this is uh sammy or Sam, <laughs> this is Sam Friedman. Sam, why hello? Frack, Sam. Well, some of you might know her as the one who is yet to be smarter than John Noe on the Smarter right. Than John Noe right. segment. All right. all right, whatever you say. She is also a schnook, and she was also here for all three days. <laughs> of, uh, of she's show. also Sam Friedman, garlic bread haver. Oh my gosh, Frack! I got it. By the way, okay, I'm sorry, not, not the, the time. time. Okay, we'll do that after. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Um, anyway, I'm not going to say all that much about this because as some of you know, there was an email of mine that was used during testimony. And so I don't think, um, I'm not going to be giving information on like a leaky channel. I may, you know, I can say things personally, but I just don't think it's right to start, um, to report on something that, that is technically a news source. So there are a couple things I can talk about, but I'm not going to really, um, discuss the details of the case. I'll leave that to John and Sam. Well, we don't have to, um, you know... I mean, I think people might just be curious to hear about how it all played out because it was yeah, uh, like the semantics. You know, of it. three days of stuff. <laughs> it almost feels like we're doing a set report here, but it's. I know. <laughs> I wish it, it was hard benches, and it was I know. really long. The costumes were spectacular. <laughs> the costumes were spectacular. <laughs> absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Now, was Hagrid's hut in the same Joe's? spot, or was it a different hut? <laughs> Hagrid's hut. <laughs> you know, it was very minuscule. It was in the jury box. Oh, nice. They shrunk it down. Well, let's let's start, I guess, towards the beginning. Uh, like Melissa said, there was hardly anybody there, which was surprising because it was all too easy to just go in as a regular civilian person. We were we were surprised it, when we walked in the first day. We got there so early. We got there hours early. So early. I expected to have to knock out some fans, to be honest. <laughs> you think they'd be it. camping brought, out? Don't they know who we are? What? Uh, no. <laughs> I brought my expired press pass, and just in case, you know, because sometimes people don't really look closely, and then, you know, I, then I can get in just in case that was the only way. But it was totally not the only way. Yeah, it probably it would have been against a law of some sort. Nah, not really. Nah, it's not. It's it's. She's still press. It's it's just a matter of policy. It's yeah. It's having a pass doesn't doesn't make you press. So first to testify. First to testify was the lovely, ever lovely Miss Joe. She's so beautiful. I just gotta say, it's really funny because when she got when she gets called up, like everybody in the room sits up and it's like, yeah. oh my god, oh my god, there she comes. You know, it was you could yeah. feel it that that was why all this press was there. That was why you know, obviously. Yeah. You know, what's funny is that probably the biggest contingent of people that were there was people from Scholastic. They took up yes. like the first two or three rows, like fifth, like maybe ten. Was it like 10, 10 to twelve people from from Scholastic? Pretty much there Quite every day. And we were we were sitting right behind them, and it was pretty cool. It was like the who's who of the uh, Scholastic seniors. Was staff, was Arthur there? Arthur, Arthur Levine he was. was. There the last day too. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. See, I didn't know that. Why didn't anybody point him out? <laughs> the, the funniest thing about that, though, is that they mentioned flints, mm-hmm. which are errors 
in the books, and Arthur like looked scandalized. <laughs> it was so funny. They're, they mentioned what? Flints, which are um, it's a fan term for an error. Oh, I was unaware book. of that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's like there was a character called Marcus Flint, and a long time ago we've discovered that um, he appears in book three when he really should have graduated. Oh, I remember that. Okay, I think and, that was the last name. Yeah, and so they call him Flint. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Flints. He has awful teeth. Yeah, I like it. As awful in, uh, teeth the from the movies. <laughs> I thought he was hot. <laughs> in the movies, he's yeah, gorgeous in real life. Right. If you've seen him without his teeth in, let me just say he's a good-looking man. Okay, I'm sorry. that's what I've heard. I've saying. heard that. Cool. Same with Matt Lewis. They, who the actor who plays him yeah. in the movies? He's yeah. one of my MySpace friends. Ooh, sorry. Okay, I'll be good. Let's go along. Toronto <laughs> coverage. Go, go. Well, <laughs> one of the interesting things to point out. Is that while Joe was first to testify, each side here had at least five lawyers, the, the RDR yeah, side wow. and the Joe Warner Brothers side. And, and one thing to point out as well, just to remind everybody, the, R, the RDR side um, does not include Steve. He was there as a witness, not actually named in the suit or anything, because from what I understand, his... Uh, publishing contract indemnified him from any form of, uh, of litigation or suits arising from complaints of uh, Joe or Warner Brothers specifically. So he was there as a witness. And, and, wow. and additionally, what was it called? He, he was not allowed to even be in the courtroom during Joe's testimony. It was a sequestration yeah. order. Sequestration. It was sequestered. I, I wanted to ask you about that. Can we, can we talk about that? Because uh, the second day... He was in the courtroom with Joe, and and that was like a big shock to everybody. Or was the it third, third day? day? Yeah, okay. Right? Yeah, well, well, including yeah. there for his testimony too. Yeah, Joe was there while he testified, right? And that's why we were. I was really personally. I was really shocked because I didn't know I wasn't there, and I was like, <clears> whoa, <throat> when I read that she was there. They asked if the sequestration order should have should have been lifted, and and the judge said it was fine, and that he should have been in right after his own testimony. He should have been. He should have been, but he wasn't until oh. the third day. And Joe, at that point, Joe was a rebuttal witness. She was. It was like a you bring somebody back up to refute. Was he there for other. that? I know he was there during um, closing arguments, but I don't know if he was there for Joe's second no, testimony. He was. was he? Yeah, well, thank you for clarifying that because I just didn't understand what was happening there. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know why. I mean, I understand why, but I don't know exactly why. So what was that like when Joe came up? I mean, that must have just been awesome. I don't know that awesome's the right. I mean, just kind of. I mean, there, there's definitely it was definitely cool to see her again. Yeah. But what something we could tell from the beginning was, especially as soon as she started testifying, was how she came all the way out here yeah. because she was very, you know, intensely passionate about the issues at stake, and it was it. She made it out right away to be something mm. bigger than just her books and her case. That it was something awesome. that a case that would affect all other authors, present and future, and protecting their own work. So she was very there. She was very businesslike, yeah. but she was one hundred percent the likable Joe that we all know too. <laughs> which um, oh god, the uh, RDR side's main lawyer for oral arguments mm-hmm. is. Are we going to explain this now? <laughs> Mr. Hammer? Okay. His name was Mr. Hammer. Oh, Mr. Hammer. And <laughs> Stop. I'm so disrespectful. I can't even get it over has, it, but it was so funny. Mr. Hammer is halt. this old That's man. And He's not he old. He hardly any hair left. He's an aging, bald, flesh okay. man. But Ish. he is, I'm pretty sure he is a professor at Stanford. And yeah. uh, we, all, we all know that, the, that um, a group from Stanford all about fair use and that kind of thing got involved with RDR and um, 
some time ago and and were there pretty much uh i can't, i couldn't tell in what capacity they were there some of the some of their lawyers were directly in that group some of them were just acquaintances i thought from stanford but anyway i don't think mr hammer specifically was in that actual fair use group no he's not from the stair the fair use no. project no but um the fun thing about him so he's not a gavel nah. <laughs> no i like what you honestly, did there, thought, friend. honestly that's what i thought it was but he has appeared as such in and the following you know car- the cartoons that were drawn following um by by uh <gasps> cartoons well, explain please explain this before everybody thinks we're the worst okay. people in the world we please will explain, explain this because it's it's nothing just other than us trying to amuse ourselves in 24 hours of testimony during the cross-examination when mr hammer was questioning joe about things <laughs> joe was very polite and liked to address um, the people guessing her questions by their name after every response she makes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Mr. Hammer would be all like, you know, et cetera, et cetera, um, uh, Joe. And then she, she'd be like, well, Mr. Hammer, you must understand this. And, and every time she would talk to him, she would say, Mr. Mr. Hammer. So <laughs> it Mr. just Hammer. got to be this funny thing. We just kept going. Except yeah. John killed the joke in that every eight seconds he's like, Mr. Hammer. No, it's still funny. Yeah, to you, it I'm over it. Funny. Oh, Mr. Hammer. Yeah, I'm good. But um, should, we, should we tell her the funniest part of this already? We're jumping all around on this. Well, the funniest part is that later in the, the hallway, I was trying to do my Rubik's Cube, and Joe came down the, down the hall. They were coming back from lunch. And so um, she, she beckoned to her people that she was going to come over. So we, you know, did hugs and whatever. And John repeated what he had been repeating all day. This is the second yeah. day now. Because she goes, Mr. Hammer. At, at some point. <laughs> right to her face. Imitating <laughs> her own voice right to no, her face. You did not. You did And she starts laughing and says, John, don't make it sound like I'm seducing <laughs> him. Don't be so seductive. Because <laughs> yeah. I have no control over my British accent as far as what emotion comes from. Oh, my God. So, no. You should have seen Joe's face, though. She was like, what? So I'm like... Oh, it's like, John. oh, Mr. Hammer. Oh and she's gosh. like, it's like, oh, you make it so seductive. <laughs> it was very funny. Mr. Hammer. No, but nobody, nobody no, was there to seduce Mr. Hammer, certainly. Everybody, I, I said I would every, take him out after the trial. Everybody during, during court was very, you know, respectful to Mr. Hammer. But you have to understand, you're sitting in that courtroom... And sometimes the testimony is riveting, and sometimes the testimony is a matter of waiting for the technology to go on the screen. And do you, can, do you see this? Is this an email you recognize? Tell yeah. me where you grew up. Are you sure? You know, and it's ah, and it can get very, very long and boring. So what you do is you start drawing. And so once start, John started saying "Mr. Hammer" all the time, we started drawing hammers. Hammer, we all had arms. notebooks, and the hammers would have arms and legs and hair and hair expressions. And he doesn't yeah. have any hair. Well, he had parts of her little fuzz hammers for hands so it just became like the way we sort of got through the the more drudging parts of the so 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 can i ask you this i mean on the first day uh, or when joe testified and what i meant by awesome that just must have been emotional powerful moment to see absolutely you know coming up and then and then we you know the press reports came out and it was just you know some of it was very scattered and, and you know joe the big headline was joe cried I mean, was that is an emotional moment for you guys without getting to what the details of it? I mean, yeah. can you I mean, what was that like for you guys? Well, well, when as soon as she did it, all I thought was, oh, dear God, the headlines tomorrow. That's all they're going to be. Oh, the headlines right now, because once once we took a break, journalists little, literally ran out of the room and I'm sure had yeah. filed within an hour because you're in there. You have okay. no electronic equipment. Yeah. You can't. 
you know, so they have to run out, tell their editors they have to, and the way the news cycle is now, you have to get it online. So I knew as soon as we left that the that the stories had now, been up. Are forever. you allowed to say Still like why? Or? Stand. Like that was it. And they I think maybe they glossed over yeah. you know yeah. why she was crying. It, I just want to clear up this whole recusing thing. I, there's there's no law okay. that says I can't talk about it. There's no there's no nobody's asked me not to talk about it there's n- it's nothing like that i just don't i just don't feel it's 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 proper to, to do to do what i would call impartial reporting work i don't think the commentary on generally what was happening is right. impartial Comment- reporting work or, or would be perceived if as anything, such, you know but the details yeah, you have more yeah. ability to give commentary now that you you don't have Actually, to be you're probably right concerned with impartial reporting you're right. You're right. Commentary is probably. I. I just. I'm a little. You know. A little jumpy because this was a really, really. It was emotional for everybody and for 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 some very personal reasons. Yeah. For me I mean, as well. and so, I'll, I'll just come flat um, out right here. Yeah. This is a Harry Potter podcast, mm-hmm. and we are all fans of Joe first and foremost. And and I can I can say with with quite a bit of certainty that the people involved with this trial that have the interests of the fans at heart is the side of Joe and Warner Brothers. So there is no... I, 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 you guys can take from this what you want. We're just going to tell you what happened. But I'm not, I'm not concerned with you know, hurting feelings at this point because what came out of that trial came out of that trial. So we're just going to tell you what we saw and what, we, what was said that was of interest. And what, you know, eventually that'll all be online anyway. So. Yeah, it will in transcript form. So many, 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 many pages. Yeah. So so Joe came up there, mm-hmm. and um, the the beginning part of the testimony was pretty much just a brief, you know, about her uh, kind of section. Because <laughs> one of the things that they seemed to be important for them to get out was that regardless of how successful Joe has been. And uh, of how much money she, you know, deservedly has has uh, earned from all of this mm-hmm. stuff, she's still an author like any other author, and she still should have the same rights as any other author. And at at one point, she was, you know, struggling, um, just like like any other um, author starting out. So they painted they painted the same picture with a story that we're all used to hearing about Joe and how she started out and, you know, had to. You know, had struggled to come up with money to to feed herself and and um, Jessica and and just and, and that whole story. And so when she was asked, you know, what what Harry Potter meant to her, what the characters meant to her, it was it's a loaded question because we 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 know what what this means to her, and it's it's and it's it's very very deep. So it it brought out some heavy emotions. Yeah, did she was, I mean. I don't know how Joe acquired this very nice speaking voice um, mm. because she's very, very clear in what she says. So I think that was why some of the people in the court reacted the way the way they did. She has, as aside from even being a writer, she just formulates her <clears throat> thoughts wholly. Yeah, There's rarely it. any ambiguity to it. So it was a really captivating kind of thing, not mm-hmm. just because she was Joe. So there were emotions. I mean, it was just like a really pressurized couple hours. You know, with her on the stand. Yeah, most most definitely. And I, she is so articulate, and and it's like mm. <laughs> the, the trial had had more than a couple witnesses that were easy to uh, not. snooze at, and and Joe definitely held everybody's attention, especially the uh, the wow. the judge. And I I think that she did really well 
that first day. The defense's job is to get is is with any witness, I Hello? think, is to get somebody to say things to discredit their own testimony, their own first testimony, yeah. or to at least work towards their side. And and Joe just more than anybody else throughout the trial just was not having it. And it wasn't that she didn't she even said no or I don't know or something to certain things. As you've seen in the transcript, she usually had something like, you know, is that the best you can say? It has text. You know, she always had something that seemed to further her point instead of just allowing herself to be led down the path. Yeah. You know? So Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it it's it's funny because it's it's frustrating. It was frustrating for us as fans so familiar with all of this, um, to sit there and, and, and listen at some points because it's oh like there's, there's 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 so much that um you know, it seemed like It was frustrating. Yeah, it didn't even not everything even came up. Or they'd they'd start to address points and then they'd just yeah, objection. there'd be an objection, or they'd step off of them without without really hitting it, and and that that just may be because us as fans, you know, are very familiar with everything to do with Harry Potter, especially people who <laughs> do podcasts about it <laughs> and listen regularly. But like there, there there were some things where you know they'd be like one one of the entries that that they were comparing the, the where it appeared in the books to where it appears in Steve's book. Was about birdie bots, every flavor beans. Oh my gosh! And right, uh, Mr. Hammer was trying Mr. to Hammer. was trying to refer to the beans, and he's like, uh, "What was that? Uh, birdie bots, desserts, licorice factory, whatever it was." And it's like, dude, it's like you want you want to talk about this? At that stuff? moment, though, everybody at Scholastic just looked at each other and discussed, like, "Who yeah. are you?" And like. Everybody, it was really funny sitting behind the people from Scholastic, I have to tell you. And Draco, Malfoy. Yeah, I was just going to say Draco and Voldemort. <laughs> Voldemort. Yeah, or like, Voldemort. Nice. Voldemort. 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 Like, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, Draco, when he said that I drew a little vampire, Draco Malfula. Yeah. We, got, we got really into the drawings at that point. Yeah, day three, we have pages of drawings. And it's funny because at... At one point, um, and now Joe thought that this was us, by the way, and she had to be told that it was her lawyer. Yeah. There was a point where an expert for RDR was um, saying, she had said in her in her declaration, which is the, the document that you produce, she had said that um, she knew that C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien were under copyright when guides were written about them, right? And then they asked her if she knew, and she's an expert in so many gabillion ways in literature, and they asked her if she knew that Shakespeare was whether Shakespeare was under public domain, which he, right. he is. And I would think if you come anywhere near an, an English yeah. degree, mm-hmm. you know that. And she said, I don't know. Yeah. Oh. And literally the two rows of scholastic people like were like shaking <gasps> their heads as one. Yeah. Oh. And because it was like, what? <laughs> you know, it was very, we, none, nobody could, be, I don't think anybody anyway could believe that that was said. And she said, said it a couple times. And Mr. Hammer was like, like, looks back and he goes, you know, judge, can we, can we instruct the people over here not to, not to be so, you know, enthusiastic? Maybe they do it that way in England oh, yeah. or something. So he got real, real, real. Might I add, there was only one English person over there. And who yes, was exactly. American, who had just been living well, in England lawyer. for 15 no, no, years. No, 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 no. Oh, Joe's Neil, lawyer, Neil, yeah, Neil was, was there. there. She, he's, he's British. But right. The the no he's the yeah. he's American yeah he's the lawyer for the other for RDR yeah now what was Warner Brothers' role in the trial were they just there like for were they called I, up too or were they just more like for no sport because they had they were yeah. plaintiffs no but they didn't have anybody up no okay. so it probably would have been helpful for okay. David Heyman to have been there at one point but Daddy Heyman I Ugh. agree 
But um, anyway, the first day was Joe and the publisher for RDR, uh, Roger Rappaport, mm-hmm. I believe his name is. And um, that was a, a little more complicated testimony than Joe's. A lot of it was going through the um, the how he met Steve and what the communications were with them on from when they met and to up until publishing. And one of the points that they were really trying to stress for some reason was how fast they tried to get the book together. I think at one point they said that they wanted to put the whole manuscript or the book together in two weeks. And it was it was part of a line of, of questioning and an, an argument to make that because the book was rushed so much that its quality suffered from that. Which only is apparently relevant because there is an argument being made by their side that it was a useful tool for people. So then you to argue against that, it's on quality. But then they argued in their closing that it's not about quality. So it I is a very confusing confused. thing because they spent a lot of time and a lot of testimony and a lot of effort. Even a whole expert witness for, for, for Joe's side was somebody to testify about the quality and the... <clears throat> and the uh, you know, how the book isn't up to par with what um, the academic standard for a resource or ready reference guide would be. And they make the whole point about the quality, and Joe even talked a lot about the quality and how she thought it was, you know, dreadful, pretty much. Now, can, can we get on to that point? Can I just, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but this is really, this was actually pretty well discussed, and, I, and I, I'd really like to hear your opinion. What did she mean? Do you mean the book itself or the whole lexicon itself was not good? She was talking about the book at this point, okay. and and she did also address her thoughts on the on the website in that she she acknowledged the time involved in putting it together okay. and the effort, and she justified her fan site award as especially the blurb when she was asked about the blurb because that was a pretty big thing. Yeah. That was RDR's argument was like, look, she said it's a good site and, right. and this and that, but she but she she said that. You know, when she was asked specifically, when did you go into an internet cafe to look something up? What did you look up? And she's like, well, I don't remember why I looked up, but I went to the lexicon specifically so I could say I went to the lexicon. I could have just as easily Googled the information. But she wanted to go to lexicons to say that to say that she has so she could acknowledge it because she looked at Steve as a fan who was putting in an obsessive amount of work and was a very enthusiastic fan and wanted to try to <laughs> acknowledge acknowledge that um but but to suggest anything I more see. like joe needed the lexicon to write to write the books is that that, that was an argument that they tried to make about warner brothers and ea as well right. that they needed the lexicon to, to do all that stuff and didn't she say she gave the fan site award specifically for what did she say? A for effort. An A for effort. More than the fact that it was a good site. Yeah. Well, it's it's just one of those situations that like, if it, if this trial didn't come about, it wouldn't be anything she'd have ever say. have to exactly. discuss in such a candid manner. But the fact that she can't—I guess pull punches is the wrong term, but for lack of a better one. But I would imagine, like the well, fact she's like not. A forever, she doesn't yeah. want to go around saying that because that's you know. But well, but I mean, she's getting called hand, out by Steve saying. Oh well, that this must mean that you needed me, and that's—I mean—he he invited that on himself. He, they, I don't, I. RDR too. Yeah. Well, it's 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 it takes it takes a certain kind of personality 
to inflate yourself at every opportunity to be bigger than you are. And to take a comment that I was in earring, an, an earshot when he asked David Heyman if he knew of the lexicon, to turn that into, well, we use it every day, and yeah, it's great. That <laughs> was absolutely not what he said. And, and, just, and just to hear him, to hear that kind of stuff come up in, in a court of law is, is just, wow. It's like, there's, there's a lot that just did not add up. Another thing she talked to about the fan sites is she doesn't want to censor us. And I thought that was really important that she said that, you know? Yeah. She no. really does not. And, but, it, but, you know, that did come up in the testimony, though, mm-hmm. where you said, you know, I'm not, I'm not in the business of, of censoring or suppressing anything. And my books are on the tops of all the banned books lists. And, you Gosh. know, I'm, I'm all for not, you know, I am t- definitely against censorship and, to, to suggest otherwise is, is is ludicrous, but you know she did she did you know say uh, you know I'm worried the result of this case could could change her stance on what's allowed in the, the online uh, fandom. She she said that you know you know maybe I was naive to think that um, because I was so flexible with all of this that I've some that I might have somehow lessened my copyright. And I, I think a verdict in RDR's direction would would basically reinforce that point of view. You know, it's so nice to hear you guys say that because it's so hard to convey. I mean, you can write down factually what transcript, what the word by word is, but to, to convey right. the emotion that's, and then has how it's delivered and the nuance and the tenure of it, it's just it's such a different, especially to something like, to us that it matters so hugely. That's it's nice. Yeah. And that's especially, so I'm glad you said that because that's yeah. especially, I mean, what we are, we're trying to do on the main site is not what every other new, what every other news outlet does, that they send somebody and that person interprets it. And I understand why you have to do that because you cannot mm-hmm. cover the scope of this case in a 600 to 800 word article. You need to publish something that the average reader is just going to read. So then somebody comes in and they make a judgment. And when you write something like that, you're making all these judgments. It's necessary. And that was something we completely 100% totally didn't want to do. So that's why whatever we posted on Leaky is just this person said, this person said, this person was asked, this person said. And literally those notes, I mean, John, what percentage of time was I writing while we were in the the courtroom? You filled up notebooks. My 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 wrist one and was, a half notebooks still hurts right now. I'm pressing on it. It was oh, bloated. Like, you, you know, so it's literally. I, I I'm sure I missed things. I'm sure I got things wrong. But you just yeah. keep you just keep going, and there's like a cadence to it. You just take do it as fast as you can, and you get whatever you can. And every bit that's in my notebooks that I could then see while I was you know transcribing, um, because my handwriting is pretty disgusting. Then you know, went up on this. So we tried as ho- as hard as I honestly think it is for a person yeah. to try as much as we could have possibly done to take that making judgments process out of the news posting. So this is more of a commentary. No. And, and sorry. Go ahead, sorry. Now, um, this isn't a jury trial. No, there's no or, jury. No. Like how, how, how will a verdict be reached? Like just cause I'm no, really that, That's a good question. It. The judge um, will be getting briefs. In uh, on May 9th, uh, they have to file briefs. I guess it's a civil uh-huh. trial procedure. They have to file briefs, and the judge will look them over. He told them, um, do it sooner is better, because as soon as I get into another case, I put all yeah. my energy into another case, like he's telling them, I'm going to forget, yeah. <laughs> you know. So he has to, um, they have to submit briefs, and then, and then he'll make a ruling. So who knows, actually. The issue with the judge 
one of the one of the stories that saw it right now is how he was urging for a settlement, mm-hmm. which was something that he kind of sprung on everybody at the end of the second day right. of the case. And I was, I mean, I don't know if this is normal. I I heard it might be, but I heard it. But is. I, it seemed like, oh my gosh, we're sitting here. We have all these people out here for this. It's, this has been a trial that's had months leading up to it. You want to spring that on everybody the second day of of the trial? I mean. Pretty much cutting off one of the testimonies of, of one of the witnesses up there uh, to, to say all this. I was like, I can't, I couldn't believe it. Because where, where is there grounds for settlement? I, I don't know just from being there, from knowing, from knowing anything. I don't know anything privileged, certainly. But, but it's like either the book comes out or it doesn't. Either a book can't. The only thing I could possibly think is that they could go into rewrites and they could. They would have to rewrite the entire book. Yeah, they would have to rewrite the entire book. I mean, one of the bits of evidence that didn't make it into the trial was uh, the pie chart that's been online everywhere now and made into <laughs> yeah. uh, avatars and all this. Pie chart of doom. <laughs> I mean, that's there's really no reason to believe that that's inaccurate. I'm unaware. Facts unaware. Can you explain? But basically, how most of the testimony worked was the um, the witnesses submitted long documents explaining you know their their views and their stance on a lot of the issues of the case and then while they were on the stand the lawyers referenced those documents and you know they basically couldn't talk about anything that wasn't in evidence already uh-huh. which i didn't quite understand that process but i understand it now and one of the bits of evidence for one of the expert witnesses i think her name was like dean johnson or something oh, yeah yeah, Jerry, Jerry Johnson, Johnson. Mm-hmm. senior tutor, senior, not senior a dean. Tutor at, at, this was gone over many times in the courtroom. But uh, she yes. actually counted every single line in Steve's book um, and and categorized it as either directly lifted from Joe's without any citation or word for word or small paraphrasing, and and the other lines in the book which were either made up the uh, etymology of of words, meanings, uh, cultural references, ge- geological. Geographical references, uh-huh. other things that, or adverbs, or, or adverbs, any, anything that wasn't, you know, essentially taken from Joe. And she made the big list, and they put it into a, a pie chart. And that pie chart has been online, and it's just amusing because, mm-hmm. you know, I think it was something like ninety-one percent of this book of the lines from this book are direct quotes from the Harry Potter books or the companion books or other bits of joe's property and for some reason the actual chart didn't make it into evidence for whatever reason well here's why here's why i then jerry johnson told me this so take this with whatever that means in order to streamline the procedure um because at the end of when the judge said the judge was indicating that everything was taking far too long they were going to call her an rdr's expert witness and then either one of them would be a rebuttal as well Jerry Johnson was made into just a rebuttal so they can condense her testimony into just her rebuttal so they didn't have to go through the whole process twice. I didn't know that. And I was there. And and once she was, yeah, once she was made just a rebuttal, she couldn't introduce anything new. She could only respond to what oh, was said. okay. So she couldn't talk about it. That's interesting. That's crazy. The subtleties of law like that. Wow. Oh, yeah. And they, they objected at every opportunity they could to stifle any new information. It was so annoying. Yeah. <sighs> that's so frustrating. Yeah. That's, that's the wrong. It's like a loophole there's, rather there's, than like a legitimate reason as to not, you know, it's like, it's not the fact that it's incredible. Like, it's not credible information. It's just the fact that like, it's going to hurt us and technically they're not allowed to say it. So we'll make them not yeah. say it. Oh, that's frustrating. Well, that's, you know, their jobs, that I guess. Is, that's, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> You know, yeah, it uh, yeah, it's just yeah, yeah it's nature of the beast. Of the be- but um, so mm. 
Well, day two, right? Well, we haven't really discussed Steve coming, right? Have we? Well, day two was Steve, and it was, I think, what they called an expert witness on, on publishing. And it was also, I think, Susan Murphy, I believe, from Scholastic. Suzanne Murphy. Murphy yeah. um, but, but Steve was up to bat first. It was interesting. I don't know, I don't know where to begin on that. I'm not going to. They did the same sort of, sort of uh, procedure like they did with Joe in doing a brief okay. history. Talked about how he got into you know, Harry Potter. I think, it, I think he said it was like 1998, maybe. Mm-hmm. And um, how he had read books one and books two, and he took notes on them as he was reading them. And eventually those notes, as he continued reading, was at some point turned into the web, the website format he called the Harry Potter Lexicon. And they just basically told the story of his site and how it was developed and how eventually other people came on to help and edit and this and that. Um, they talked about when he had decided it would be it might be useful to turn into a book. Oh, okay. And, you know, and they, they brought up um, letters that were introduced into evidence where he had previously told people, well, one of the purposes of the lexicon is so people don't have to write a book because I believe that to be Joe's right. And that was what a lot of people thought to be a pretty okay. big damning evidence, you know? Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, they had made the argument mm-hmm. that Steve, as, as a layperson, not a lawyer, or somebody with, any knowledge of the law wasn't really capable of making that kind of judgment. So that whole argument was sort of tossed or not. Except well, for the there, Newton thing. There was thing. Uh, a line of questioning about some evidence that um, Joe's site had found where Steve had posted in these in web forms. And all, all of us know about web forms where <laughs> it was pretty funny trying to explain to the judge oh, yeah. and Mr. <laughs> Hammer what yeah, web he had forms no idea. were. <laughs> He didn't know what a form was? He couldn't understand, like, how the, the, the they showed a, a piece of paper that was clearly, there was a quoted piece of another post and then the actual post underneath. And he, like, didn't get how they were this, it was the original post and the answer yeah. in the same document. Yeah, and that you know? was the funny part because Which is it's like you're only allowed to talk about hmm. the exact bit that you have tossed into, ev- into evidence. And so they had basically a few threads of that whole big conversation on that Newton site. Uh, the Newton site was about, I guess, an old computer system called the Newton, and um, it was a topic about sharing books and whether or not it was legal to copy books to be read on the Newton with other people. Mm-hmm. And Steve had said on that 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 no, it, you know, this would not be legal. It's that- almost ironic that he just happened to post in a copyright thread online. How long ago was it? Like ten years? Yeah, Eight years? Eight years? Two thousand and two thousand three. Yeah, it, it was a while ago, and. Um, it it got all very, very confusing, and lots of, you know, lots of hoops were being jumped in and out of here. But uh, I don't I don't know if that particular testimony was was helpful regarding the Newton stuff. But the stuff that everybody's talking about right now regarding his testimony was was the point where he started to cry. Yes, I have very strong feelings about this. You can intro it, I guess. Well, the, the questions he was asked was. Uh, I, I believe he was asked. Was he, uh, originally he was asked, uh, "What is the Harry Potter community? Or uh, you know, the what fandom. is what is the fandom essentially?" And he explained, "You know, it's a group of of fans, you know, really, really big Harry Potter fans that that choose 
uh, Harry Potter and things related to it as one of their major hobbies. And, um, you know, how they like to hang out with each other and talk online and this and that. And it, was, it was funny just looking le- left and right of me at Sam and Melissa and it's like, and come to trials about Harry Potter together. <laughs> and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pretty yes. funny. Yeah, John just nudged me and was like, eh, that's us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but he, then he was <laughs> exhibit <asked>. A. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sam Friedman. Yeah. So then he was asked, "Are you are you a part of the Harry Potter community?" And his answer, I think, was, "I used to be." No, I did. I did. I did. And do you feel yeah. you're a part of the Harry Potter community? And and then you know it brought some emotion out of him. And and yeah, there was some strong feelings regarding this. Well, it was when do you still feel part of this community? And then he was all like, you know quiet but i'm not gonna accuse him of fake crying i believe he was definitely emotional but any hardcore harry potter fan could have sat up there asked that question i, I would have started sobbing if they were just saying hey, i want some candy how do you feel about harry potter and i would start crying on trial or not <laughs> no <laughs> that was a really bad example <laughs> no i get it i get you mean it's no i know what you mean no it was a really it's, hard it's tough bit. it's tough to have, have the opinion on this because this it was the first point I think of the whole testimony where I did start to remember you know all of the stuff we used to do with Steve and you know being yeah. at the conventions and and doing the show and everything and it's it's when it gets murky to separate those kind of feelings from everything else but what I walked away with from this case and um and, and from what happened at least from what the facts that came out in the case was is that. It's it's the story of somebody wanting to write a book about about Harry Potter, you know, in in face of you know Joe, basically against Joe's wishes, and you know as as a Harry Potter fan, strictly as a Harry Potter fan, if you proceed in doing that, challenge her, go to court over it, challenge her in court, and try to fight against her right to have a copyright go up against her like that, as intense as they did, I can't feel bad for you if you're crying about not feeling like you're part of the Harry Potter fans anymore because I, yeah. I, I am of the belief that a true Harry Potter fan who's in this, who's into enjoy the fandom with other Harry Potter fans to be a part of the community is, is going to actually have some respect for the author of this fandom. What I want to know is how you can sit on the bench... And Joe Rowling is six feet in front of you and just testify that you have every right to write this book. And Joe is in full support of that, but she just wants him to rewrite it so that it's not her exact words for 91% of the book. Yeah, and, 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 and it be, you know, she, she wants that because of what it would do, what, how, what it would change for, for the fandom, what it would change for the, the president it would set. Authors. For other ops, for her. I mean, if this, if this case goes in favor of, of RDR, but Lessicon could be the first in many books to do the exact same thing um, to, to the Harry Potter books and, and, and to Joe and to any other author. And like, and like they mentioned in some other testimony, um, in term papers, reports. That's it's, what Joe it's said, which completely I completely true. It's, it's a matter of how, how, much, how much is fair for you to take from somebody that's work that's copyrighted and pass it off as yours without quotations. Can we be clear? Can we be clear about the t- about the ta- about the taking and the and the copying and the quotation and what well what it means? 
um, you know, standard citations, MLA formats and whatever the format was in in UK, um, you know, states that you have to accurately cite where you're taking things from. And in the lexicon, there is next to no use of quotation marks at any point in any of these entries. And that was one of the arguments that they were trying to really talk about was that how can a reader tell the difference between what is exactly Joe's word-for-word stuff and what was added by any of the supposed authors of the lexicon book? And there's no way to tell. And that was one of the things that really bothered Joe. And where there should be book and page number, there was simply book and chapter number and no specification whether it was the UK edition or the US edition. Jerry Johnson talked about that and how in they teach high school students to do this, that you, you pick an edition yeah. and you say which edition you're using or you cite both editions or you, you cite, you know, and because the pagination, the judge had asked about this, it's the pagination diff- is different in America and Britain. And, and she said, well, well, yes, it's you either cite both or you provide a chart at the back or you just tell them which edition you're using or, you know, so yeah. there was a lot of discussion and, around and that. One of, one of the things that... You know, RDR tried to say that, you know, the reasons it was okay was because a lot of times, um, say you're describing an entry on the room of requirement, for instance. It wasn't in evidence, but I'll, I'll take that as an example. In the lexicon, you could find the entry for the room of requirement, and it could say something like, Dumbledore says, and then a quote from, from the books directly on the, on the room of requirement. And the argument is, what to start the sentence out as a character says, then that should be that should make it, you know, obvious to a reader that that it's from the book, even though there's no quotation marks of any kind. And where I think that breaks down is, you could just as easily have Dumbledore says, and then give your a completely freshly worded, you know, view of what Dumbledore said about the room of requirement, or like a exactly. paraphrase or synopsis versus like a direct quote. Well, that's that's what I do. I do that on Leaky all the time, and you do that in stories, and you do that in anything anything written. If I say, according to Mister Radcliffe, the movie will be shot over three months, but if Dan Radcliffe said, "Yeah, I think we're going to make it in over in about three months," it would be like. According to Mr. Radcliffe, comma, quote, exactly. yeah, I think we're going to exactly. make it. And there's three no months, way period. without quotation well, marks to tell the difference of what, of, uh, of whether Melissa had said, you know, D- Dan Radcliffe said it'll be three months, or, yeah, I think we're going to do it in three months. Right. That's you know, just basic journalism. We do that all the time. It's amazing. I, I, I knew that like in school, though. I mean, I was taught that in school. Just, <laughs> yeah. Like in like my son's like in fifth grade and they're learning how to write papers and you put the quotes in. Exactly. That's what Jerry Johnson said. And that's why I'm completely confounded by the re- by, by the the reports that her testimony wasn't good. I, I heard people twittering about her testimony when they left the, the courtroom. Um which is just, you know, it's because it's she was yeah. the one talking about it. She said, this is what we learn in school. You know, it doesn't, you don't have to right. do it just in journalism. You can't say this is not journalism. I, I, would, think it, I would think it would have even stricter being a, a, right. a reference book or something that's supposed to be of use, you know. To, and I, and I, I don't want to, personally, commentarily wise, personally, I've taken me a long time to be able to say this about, this, about myself, but I'm a writer now. I work as a writer. Because I'm a journalist doesn't mean I don't work in imagery. And sometimes when I'm trying to explain something, I have to, it takes me like, I have to sit here and think for maybe 10, 15 minutes about what a particular image looked like in my mind and how to best communicate it. And 
those are the things yeah. that are reproduced in that book. And I don't feel there's an, ex- I mean, there's this whole brain room thing with the, with the movie images. And I think that's a prime example. Joe was talking about how the movie, you know, she, she thought for a long oh, time right. to describe it like a film mm-hmm. strip with movie images coming out of the back, like the brains from the brain room. And that is reproduced. And he, the, the argument was that, well, there was no other way we could have said that. And I, off the top of my head, can say it was like a string coming out of a balloon. It was like a string coming off of a yo-yo. Mm-hmm. It was like a streamer hanging from a chandelier. I can yeah. think of 10 things if I sat here at a different, to describe a different way to talk about it. It was, it's absolutely not necessary to take her imagery. And so that, as a writer, speaking apart from everything else is a part they asked really somebody to word yeah. something that was taken from the harry potter books differently was it steve they asked him to redescribe something in his own words and he was able to do it yet in the lexicon manuscript it was her exact words yeah and that's a funny thing too is that if you want to go out and you want say you're an authority about harry potter and you want to give definitions of stuff you're somebody who is able to say oh what's a bludger I could tell you what a bludger is. I don't need to open up the book and copy word for word what Oliver Wood says about the darn bludgers. I could tell you what it is. But in almost every instance, yeah. they chose to take word for word how Joe, or a character in the Joe's books, describes the entry in question. And that is the biggest thing that Joe took issue with. Is why the hell did you need to do that when you so easily could have just given your own definitions? Instead, you plagiarized my work. So can I, and I, maybe you don't want to answer this, but I, I have known Steve for many, many, many years and we've worked with him, like you said, John, but did you feel that any of his testimony gave any credence to what he was trying to do with his, with his side? I mean, if you're just being an impartial person, did you feel that he was, was doing a good job up there at all? I mean, doing doing a good job of, of articulating his opinions on, yeah on the stuff. I mean, yeah, I mean, especially his, his lawyers asked, you know, all the questions that would you know, most productively get that get that side out. And I mean, they, I mean, they even asked, you know, it's like, what do you think of Harry Potter? And what do you think of J.K. Rowling? And, you know, the answers were, you know, like, oh, she's a genius. I respect her and everything else. It's like the words would say the one thing. It's just, you know, all of the actions of this case and all of the actions of making the book that he did and all the actions of forcing it like this speak the opposite. They speak. I don't. I don't respect you or what you've done. I think I am entitled to this money and to this book, and I will. I will take you. You know. I will stand in court and say it. So that that's that's you know that's again why I couldn't feel sad at at the crying about not feeling like you're part of this community anymore because I think this this community this group of people is one of the most you know special things that I've been a part of in my life so far, aside from my my own family. And if I was to get up and do something that was totally going to put all of that in jeopardy for everybody involved, and on top of that, show so much disrespect to Joe and her body of work, there's no way that I could expect anyone to feel sorry for me when I suddenly feel like I'm not a part of that anymore. Because I'd have done that to myself at that point. That's, That's very eloquent, John. Because, yeah, I just spent a year of my life writing about this fandom and how wonderful it is. Mm-hmm. And I, I literally have to go through an exercise or something to flush the thought of this case from my head Yeah, before I sit down to work on it. 
Yeah. Because that particular thing is so upsetting. I mean, and, and let's let's not. I mean, it's it's irrelevant to to talk about whether or not you know any tears were forced. That's because I, 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 I don't think I don't think they were. I don't think they were. I I oh, would that's I irrelevant. would I will say that that I absolutely believe that they were genuine feelings. However, this was a question asked by you know you know Steve's side of the issue, mm-hmm. RDR's side. Every question that is asked by that same by the, by that side by by any side of that is calling their own witness is is thought out and the answer is known before the question is even asked. So they you you know full out when you ask you know do you feel like you're still part of the Harry Potter community what kind of response you're going to get and if you want to use that as part of your testimony then then you are adding that emotion into this to try to influence the judge and to try to influence your case. To be fair, let's be fair. Let's be fair. Mm-hmm. Joan knew her side of the story too. Oh no, that's what I'm and saying. I everybody, I don't, I don't think everybody at all. does. Right. At, at, at any point in time, when when the lawyer calls their own witness, usually the testimony is is went through ahead of time, at least you know practiced and. You know, you don't call your own witness and ask your own witness questions. You don't know what the answers are going to be. That's the whole point of it. And there, and there's, there's nothing, there's nothing snarky or there's nothing sneaky about that at all. It's just common practice. No. So, but so when you ask, when you ask that question, you know what answer you're going to get. And and at that point, that question was asked to bring that emotion into into the thick of this. And you know, I I can't. You know, it 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 made the news. Harry Potter fan cries. You know, you know Harry Potter fan. Jackie Rowling makes Harry Potter fan cry in court. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So what the hell? Where's where could there be sympathy here from any true Harry Potter fan? I can't see it. You know, I'm gonna answer that. For me, I have been his friend for many years, and this has been horrible as someone who, as your friend. If it had been you or been anybody that was up there. But like you said, I when you said you put it in the context of you, he is vilified now. He has ruined his good standing, mm-hmm. and um, he had the chance, to, you know, to I tried to the very, very, very possible to see any possible way that he has been. There's an other side. There's always two sides to this. There's things that have not been included, oh, and yes. and I have tried so long. But when I heard that, and then you put it, and he's looking in Joe's face. And he could have stopped it at any point. And then and there's just other issues that we really shouldn't get into. And But he didn't do it. He's pushed into it. And he didn't do it. And I just, um, that was a hard day for me as a longtime fan to 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 read that stuff about that. That was just, um, yeah. so I wanted to thank you for saying that, John. I just, yeah, it is, it's a very complicated thing, especially when it's somebody that is, you know, a, a, a personal friend. It's it's the same thing like if a family member was to go and break the law and then do something horrible. You know, you 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 feel for the person as someone who's close to you, but you can still you can, you still have you know the opinion of well what they did. You know, at least my opinion, what he's been doing. You know, he's on the wrong side of the law. Whether or not they find the loopholes and all these Stanford tricksy guys can loophole themselves into winning this case. It's still something that it, that is known full out that this is going to have a drastically negative effect on this fandom and any other fandom now or in the future. 
So there's no room for sympathy, yeah, regardless sure. of how you feel about the man personally, as a friend, right? As 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 a colleague, it's bigger than that. Yes, it is. Well, you don't want to condone something that's wrong, regardless who does it. And it's just like it sucks because I have a good friend who just got put in jail and like in, carted away a couple of states away, and it, like for a very legitimate reason. And then like mm-hmm. he needs to be there. But it sucks. It's like you did something wrong and you had to pay the consequences for it. And I wish you hadn't done it. But just by the fact that I know you and the fact that I love you and care for you doesn't doesn't mean it's right. It's just like it sucks. But it's like that's you know what, exactly you how I feel. Thank you for on. articulating the emotions that I cannot express. That's exactly yeah. how I feel. Well, this I mean, we are. I don't think it's any secret at this point that Steve and I are no longer friends. And um, we were friends after this mm-hmm. started. And I tried very hard to not make this case the reason to mm-hmm. end a friendship. But in January, it became pretty obvious that we were not the same people anymore. And so a couple of people from Scholastic asked me about my mm-hmm. history um, over the last few days with him. And I just said, you know, that's that's been the personal heartache for me of this case is that it's the lens through which it has been made clear that that it was unsalvageable. It wasn't the reason. I didn't say, oh, you're doing this book. I hate you, you know? But yeah. the, the trial was just a prism for all those feelings, and it's... it's yeah. um, and I'll, yeah. That's a good way of putting And I, I will say, though, that I, I'm not saying that, that, that Steve... You know, knowingly went and tried to commit some kind of crime or something. It says that's not that's not right, what it is. It's right, he, right, he's right. of the belief that that the book he wrote and that what he's doing is okay. And obviously, all these people from Stanford do. They don't think there's not anything wrong with it. And it, it's not a matter of him being a, a bad guy. What, what I am making the judgment of is that he is a bad Harry Potter fan. And he is taking his own priorities and his own success and his own book and everything else above the interests of any other Harry Potter fan and against the wishes and disrespecting Joe. So you, you can't cry over not being part of this fan group anymore. It is, he can still be, you know, yeah. a successful, you know, bookseller and he can still sell his books. And if that's what's more important to him then, you know, I can't make a judgment on the rest of his lifestyle. All I'm making the judgment on is is what would be related to being a Harry Potter fan. Because even even in the courtroom, they said, well, it doesn't matter, you know, J.K. Rowling just not liking a book or not wanting someone Mm -hmm. to write a book, that's not going to go anywhere in a a court of law. So so that kind of opinion doesn't work. I just want to say just very, very briefly that... if if Joe had said to me that book you're writing it contains commentary that 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 I don't like and I just I just it, it it's fair but I don't want you to do it I would fight her too but she doesn't yeah. do that you know this is not yeah. the Joe we know and she even she even said that you know there's been dozens maybe even hundreds of books that that fairly comment, analyze, and talk about Harry Potter that are published out there, and and she has no problem with it. She said some of them are good, some of them are not so good. But I have she, yeah. The funny part on the stand was when she picked up one and she goes, "I really like this one. They can yeah. use that on the blue." Yeah, that was a want. good quote. Yeah, yeah that was good. They're going into another print, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> of that book. Yeah. Sorry, I know it's look. We've been talking for an hour and ten minutes on this, and I think we should leave it. I think this this is a, 
this should be, you know. Yeah. I got I got to tell one funny story though. Okay. Oh, is this um is this um your running thing? Something about me. Yeah, yeah. please do. Um, just to end on a fun little light note. <laughs> uh, when we were talking to Joe outside, this is, this is like my this favorite. Story. This is pretty good. It's so cool. You guys got to say that. Oh, we're talking to Joe. No, I'm not, I'm not complaining. I just think it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> And um, I, <laughs> we're, we're sitting there at, at, after two days of, of this at this point, and I'm thinking, you know, all these crazy John thoughts, and I'm like, uh, John I, 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 I tell her, um, he's like, yeah, I, I was thinking of running down the aisle of the courtroom and yelling, troll in the dungeon, troll in the dungeon. Don't you also now? And uh, I'm like, I'm like, would you, would you bail me out of jail for that? Uh, <laughs> and she's like, you know what, I would, but let's, let's not. That would just complicate. <laughs> yeah. A complication we don't need. <laughs> she laughed so yeah. hard when you said that. Oh dear God! And I was Aww. I was happy because this has been very stressful. You could see it on her face, you know. Troll in the dungeon and just faint. Troll in the dungeon. I thought you were going to talk about her charm bracelet because <laughs> oh, we looked right. down and Joe is wearing this charm bracelet with um that her UK publisher had given to her, and it had all these pieces like it had. What, the piece of glass? It had the little fragment of glass. Nagini and all that Nagini, stuff. Nagini, a wand, Was the fragment of glass, owl. what was that, a horcrux? Um, no, that, I don't remember Sirius's mirror. Sirius, that one. Oh, right. right. Okay. Yeah. So. yeah. We were like, oh, is, is that your charm <sighs> bracelet? And Joe lifts her wrist and John just like grabs her hand and starts playing <laughs> with it. John, I, know, I don't Joe. know. What the hell comes over me? I, I mock her accent and I... <laughs> Grab her wrist to play with her jewelry, and I, I had I she will really never like come on her hand, but I used my chance and it kind of touched it, so I touched just. <laughs> well, I said I said because I, I I hope she understands that I was making a joke, but or a bad one, but that it looked like oh, this was it good. looked like the pieces from Monopoly all on her on her wrist. It really oh, did. Cool. This is like a car and a dog and a thing, you know? And she goes, This is she all goes, beautiful. Uh, I know, but come on, it was jewelry. funny. And she goes, What are you saying, Lisa, that I should license Monopoly for Harry Potter? Are you saying, Don't think it hasn't been mentioned? <laughs> you know, like that. It's so funny. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> you know, because it has a million times. I would love a There's Harry like Potter a Monopoly. Monopoly. That's funny. I thought there was. <laughs> yeah. I could be Hedwig. So funny. I'm going to be a snitch. Oh, that's like funny. Snuck. Aww. Sir Snitch. Who is Snitch? All right. Is there going to be a rest of the show or should we just call this a lexicon? I think this might be the show. I can't think of what of this we would cut. Yeah. 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 We should just say goodbye. (laughs) Well, I think if you you have specific questions, um, I know that, you know, since we literally, I think, are the only... Actually, yeah. Let's do that. Let's do a mailbag next week. If you guys want to mail in some questions about what... Lingering questions you still have about the trial, and we'll answer them to the best of our ability from having be the only representatives from any Harry Potter fan site there. We are in the unique position to answer some of your uh, your thoughts on that. So how do you do this? How do you do that? Well, to do that, like previous shows, you can uh, leave a voicemail on the Pottercast Skype account. The Skype name is Pottercast. Or uh, we also have a Skype-in number that I hope to God is still active. If it just if it just rings through till nothing, then you're out of luck. Right. Um, download Skype and leave us a voicemail. But that number is one seven zero two four two leaky. Believe that's one seven zero two four two five three two five nine. Or in the UK, uh, if you don't forget the plus, it's zero two zero seven one nine three two eight seven two. Or and we like this one the best. If you have a microphone yes. and you have Please. a cheapy little free program called Audacity to record yourself, cheapy and free, it's the best kind, 
record yourself on that program, save it to a little MP3, and email it to us at staff at podcast.com. And uh, those those almost always make it to the show. If we and and, yes. and the people can just still type too if they yeah, just want to send like, a regular email. Lord knows, we'll probably see plenty of them in the comments to this blog on uh, podcast dot com. But we will try to. And that'll be a good time to bring Special K back yeah. because uh, she's been handling the commentary. We 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 haven't addressed at all the reason I'm not doing reporting, and I think that would be unfair to not do. There's an email of mine that was entered into testimony, which is really all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. Steve was asked on the stand whether he felt that RDR had misled to him, lied him. Um, and that whether that was the reason he was no longer going to work with them, and he said no, and then they produced this email which said exactly that, but that it was the reason. Um, so it's it was brought in that day. That's why I didn't know that it was going to be brought in. Um, I found out very briefly before that that there was a possibility that it was going to be brought in, and then I only knew it was going to be brought in when it was because it, I guess it hinged on him answering that question one or the other, which you can only do. It's called impeachment, which you can only do when somebody says something that you have proof of the opposite um i guess and and so that's that's how that uh, that's how that occurred so oh, i stopped wow. taking notes which was probably just yeah. an extra precaution the next day i did take notes but just for my personal um benefit which i'm going to post somewhere personal and and then i passed the reporting i alerted had alerted Kristen that morning that this might happen and for her to start and the only reason there's absolutely 100 percent no reflection on sue that she's not doing it it's just that sue as you've said you have a very personal relationship with steve and i it's if we're going to go to a different editor we might as well go to one who doesn't you know, right? Yeah, right. Thank you no, for no, saying no, that. No, 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 said, no, no. Oh, so not at all. That's not at all. No. It's just like if we're going <laughs> to go to another editor, why, no. why head down this path again? You know, so and why put you in that position? Like honestly, you have to right. stress out with this, right. with all this. We will, we will pick this up with a mailbag. It won't be the whole yes. show next week. Uh, hopefully, uh, yeah. we, we hopefully held your interest not, this no. week. But I think this is important enough to, uh, you know, to vote the show to. It's okay. It's, it's important to be informed on this as, as a Harry Potter fan. And uh, it's interesting now that this is the trial, at least the first trial. Lord knows this will be appealed if either side wins. But it's just good to, good to be knowledgeable about this and not to be uh, um, ignorant or anything. Because it, it will have a, a lasting effect on, on the fandom. And it could have a very drastically lasting effect if um, RDR pulls it off. So everybody just got to keep our eyes on it. And next week we'll come back with a canon conundrum. Arg. Probably a Phoenix Files, maybe, and uh, all the other fun stuff. Oh, and please, before we get any more, and we were going to do something about the acting troupe. It's going to come. Please, please. Oh, jeez, God. Oh, God. <laughs> I know. You guys, we have it all ready to go. We have it ready to go. Um, almost ready to go, but the, if we weren't in trial uh, the past three days. But uh, it's not, I feel terrible because we've been talking about this since I like know. October or something. I told and, you so. I told you. you. Know, it's, <laughs> what did to, I say to you? To, to throw it in this to throw it in this week's show would have just it would have totally lost all of its you know oomph. And I want I want to have a really big start. It's worth having because this own. is going to be a heck of a lot yeah. of fun and very exciting, and I can't wait to get the cast uh, casted and um, and to get Megan back on to um, to talk talk about what she's got for the script. Actually, we probably won't even really tell you about the script because we don't no, want to no, give no. any spoilers. You know, you have to find out about it like a story. Tune in next week, kids. Next same time. Yes. If nothing else, uh, keep buying us on mm. Facebook. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, Nobody <laughs> bought me recently. Uh, That's such a strange thing to say. Aww. I'll buy you, Melissa. Someone Thanks, new bought me. Do you have enough money? 
I am expensive. I'm expensive. You're expensive, you. Melissa. Oh, this is a bad conversation. Maybe maybe the winner of Let's the, move ooh, on, shall we? Maybe the winner of the Friends for Sale contest gets uh, an autographed uh, drawing oh of God. Mr. Hammer. Mr. Hammer. I, I have I have I one that goes. I object and I flop you. I want to see those drawings. <laughs> bad. That's bad. Yeah. You, you go. You go stir crazy. <laughs> you go a little crazy in your head while you're. Imagine him as a gavel. Oh, I would have been drawing left yeah. and right. You forget it. You would have. You would have done the entire yeah, trial really? in picture form. We wished. Yeah, that would have been brilliant. John started talking about because um, he talks about food quite often. I like he, food. <laughs> he was saying he wanted to draw like the scene of the courtroom, but with everybody holding burritos, <laughs> which wouldn't really add to anything other than my own amusement. As long as they had a glass of Pellegrino, yes. I would have been with you. I think it's I so cute it that everybody knows how you love Pellegrino now. I didn't understand. I didn't even know you were on Pottercast for a few I'm weeks. I'm just Freck. feeding to it now. Everybody's like, it. everybody loves Freck and his Pellegrino. I'm like, how do they know about it? <laughs> Sam, Sam, I was just gonna say, Sam, are you just t- t- admitting that you don't listen to Pottercast? Uh, I, 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 <laughs> it's all right. She cleaned my kitchen. I'll let her go. Oh yeah, I cleaned my gosh. kitchen. Today. I'll let her go. Now, what's that? What did you just call hmm? that, Melissa? That when you when you can present information that, that it, I just impeached you. Impeach, yeah. We just impeached <laughs> Sam Freeman. <laughs> Big red impeached over her head. You know what, you guys? Uh, schnook. Schnook is when you get called out on a podcast for not listening to it <laughs> for three weeks. That you pretend to hey, love. I never <laughs> said that. I said I love the people Burn. on the podcast. I know. I'm uh, kidding. Yeah. Sitting in your living room. I can oh, come over there. Just not our podcast. <laughs> I know you can. Oh, well. well, till next time. Okay. okay. Enough. Keep twiddling those dials. The next password will be verdict. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good, Good night. night. We've missed it. W-3. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. <laughs> this week's Pottercast was produced by the Pottercast Trio and Steve Bonnet. Thanks to our Scooby 5 team, Aaron and Nina, and thanks, as always, to our awesome transcription elves for transcribing this and all our other episodes on Pottercast.com. For more information about the show and how to contact us and be a part of future episodes, visit Pottercast.com. Ew, there's something you your cauldron. It's getting all over my shoes. This cauldron's got a hole!